The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Let's stand together, if you would, this morning. And this is, if you have your Bibles, you'll see the Word of God. It says there, a psalm of praise. And let's do something. Hey, this building is called what? The Crown Center. Because it's in this place that we crown Jesus Christ Lord and we worship Him. And that's uh, what we intend to do. That's a prayer of our hearts during these days. And so uh, let's fill the Crown Center this morning with the praise to the Lord as we read in unison Psalm 100. Reading together, the Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. The title of my message this morning is Preparing to Worship. Let's pray. Father, You've told us in Your Word that You are a spirit, and they who worship You must do so in spirit and in truth. Father, when we worship you, we see you through the eyes of our hearts. Lord, may we look back at the end of this week, and may the testimony of each of us be that through the eyes of our heart, we've seen you, the Lord, high and lifted up. And Lord, through that process that you spoke to us and drew us closer to yourself. Lord, these are going to be days of worship. And may the preparation to worship begin this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to visit China. I'd never been in a communist country before. Had never experienced what I'd only read about. Hearing people talk about the great freedoms we enjoy in America. The freedom to gather and hear His Word preached without fear of persecution. The freedom of being able to lift our hearts in song to the Lord. But while there, I was invited to preach in uh, two underground churches. I don't know. I guess it's the metaphor of underground. I didn't fully know what to expect, Dr. Lyons. 
I didn't know if we would come and meet in the basement of a building because it was underground or what it would be. Both the services were to be on Sunday, but with one of the congregations, they were fearful that if the word got out that an American was speaking, that very possibly the authorities would show up. So they moved the service to Saturday, and the group was small, but yet was a huge blessing to be with. The second group, however, we met on the Lord's Day, and certainly did not meet underground at all, did not meet in a basement. But those of you who have looked at anything about the cities of China online know that the landscape, the horizon of all of them is dotted with very tall condominiums. We met in one of those condos. The walls had been taken out in order to have room to set up additional seating. And uh, you, you, you took the elevator up, you got off the, off the elevator, you went down the hallway to what you thought was just a, going to be a, a, a normal residence. But when you opened the door, it was packed with chairs. The people started to come in and come in, and there were young couples, and there were senior citizens, and there were university students, and, and, and there were, were people of all ages. And the pastor leaned over to me and said, Brother Much, we want you to preach at least an hour and a half this morning, because he said, people have come to hear the preaching. And I thought, Dr. Laz, man, that's a sure invitation to never get invited back to preach an hour and a half in an American church. But uh, hey, what a privilege. I said, hey, I'll do my best to rise to the challenge. And I thought, am I ever going to get up to preach? Because they sang, and they sang, and they sang. And when I got up to preach from the left to the right, from the front to the back, this condominium was absolutely full. And they came that day, knowing there could be consequences. But they came that day to sing, they came that day to worship the living God because they knew what it was to praise Him. They knew what it was to truly worship God. We stand this morning on the cusp of a wonderful week. But I submit to you that it'll be wonderful in each of our lives to the extent to which we prepare to worship the Lord. We all have different definitions of worship, but I give you this one this morning. Worship is the nourishment of the mind with His truth, the quickening of the conscience by His holiness and the surrender of the will to His plan. In other words, students, true worship of the living God involves right content, His Word, conviction by His Spirit, and then consecration to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. As we prepare our hearts for Bible conference, as we prepare our hearts for these days of content, conviction, 
in consecration. Let's look at three truths from the psalmist that will enhance our worship if we understand them. Number one this morning, students, I want us to understand the purpose of worship. Worship's purpose, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All Pensacola Christian College students, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye Floridians, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye Americans. Sometimes we get thinking that the Lord works just through our channels, just through our country, just through our churches, just through our ways of doing things. The psalmist said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Why? Well, the purpose of our worship is for us to have a renewed perspective of His deity. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Wow. So simple, but so profound. The Lord is God. Students, it's not a matter today of whether or not we worship. We all worship. It's not a whether or not you're a young man of faith, a young woman of faith, or if you lack faith. We all believe something. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3, That in the last days, scoffers will come walking after their own lusts. And what are they going to make a mockery of? They're going to make a mockery of the fact that the God created a man named Noah. And that he built, that that man built an ark. And that that man for 120 years preached that God would judge. He would bring his judgment to the land if they didn't repent of their sins and put their faith in him. And so we have today a movement across the land that basically tries to get people to to not believe the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. Why? Because if you deny the Genesis account, you have set yourself up to live your way any way you want to live your life. But people today, although they may not worship the God of the Bible, oh boy, they have their gods. Some worship the God of humanism. As Pastor Redland said so eloquently last night, they are the sum total of themselves. They are the captain of their fates, as the poet said. Some believe not in humanism. They believe in rationalism. Oh, my, we're going to figure it out. Oh, there's nothing that science won't won't eventually bring us into the land of utopia with. For those who believe in materialism. Oh, that the dollar is the answer to everything. Oh, the purpose of our worship is to get our sights set on deity. But secondly, to have our perspective not only on deity, but on our dependency. He says in verse 3, it is He that hath made us, and not ourselves. 
goes on and says, we are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. He's the creator. We're the created. He's the potter. We're the clay. He's the shepherd. We are the sheep. Sheep are the animals that follow. Sheep are the ones who get lost if they're on their own way. And so Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to what? His own way. And you know what worship does? We get our sights on God and we acknowledge we are not self-made men, but our dependence is on Him. Oh, Job made some pretty strong statements to the Lord. And at the end of Job's trial, God asked him this question. He said, Job, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Hey, Mr. Big Britches, where were you when I made the clouds and the darkness? Hey, Job, who likes to debate the creator with the, with the, the created with the creator, can you lift up thy voice to the clouds and ask for water to cover the sky? Can you send lightnings from the sky? And Job said, God, I'm not the self-made man I thought I was. Wow, I don't have things under control as much as I thought I did. And in Job chapter 42 and verse 6, he said, Wherefore, I abhor myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. Over the weekend, I read an article the Wall Street Journal, the title was Tech, reference to technology. It's slowing down. Talked about the waves in our country, the Industrial Revolution and how it peaked, and different movements across the land and how they peaked, and how people have said, oh, no, but, but, but the wave of technology, it will never peak. And my technology is phenomenal. Oh, my technology makes it possible, isn't it something for you, you to get out your phone and send a text to somebody on the opposite side of the world? Oh, man, technology makes it possible to put to people in space. But the article said technology has not been able to do two things. Number one, technology has not been able to alleviate disease. Did you know that uh, one out of two women and one out of three men will come down with cancer in their lives? I rejoice in all the progress they're making. I, I marvel at the things they do with the human heart. But you know what? Longevity is not increasing. In fact, longevity decreased around the planet through COVID because man with all of his technology will never get beyond the boundaries of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 90, three score years and 10, that's 70 years. Now, that's not a promise. That's just a, a generalization that that's what, what, what many uh, creatures of God are given. And if fourscore, if you live 80 years, 
Yet is her strength labor and sorrow, for it's soon cut off, and we fly away. Students, a great realization for us to come to this morning. Regardless if you're 20 or 60 in this hall today, our dependency is on God. We see the first element of worship we must understand the purpose of worship. But secondly, this morning, I want us to see the second element we must clearly understand, the person of worship. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. He hath made us. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates, into His courts. Be thankful unto Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations. The great challenge we have in the Christian walk is keeping our eyes on the Lord. (laughs) You know what we like to do? We like to look at each other. Boy, we like to compare. As I said to you before, when we compare ourselves among ourselves, we're not wise. Hebrews chapter 12, wherefore seeing we also are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that great crowd described in Hebrews chapter 11, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Boy, we get weary so many times. We get faint in our minds. And you know, one of the major reasons is it because we take our eyes off of the Lord Jesus and we get running that race. And you know what we end up having? We end up having the backward look. Oh, what happened last week? What happened last month? What happened last year? Oh, we end up having the, 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 the inward look. We end up having the outward look. When you know what we need to have? We need to have the upward look. Looking unto Jesus, the author, oh, the one who began our Christian walk in a race the day that we trusted the Lord Jesus, regardless if it was our mom and dad's bedside or if it was at camp or at the altar of a church or wherever it was. And our race began until the day our race is over and we stand before him. And everything in between, we need to keep our eyes fixed on him. I love this song. 
Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. We're getting ready for Bible conference. Getting ready to have some powerful messages from some men of God who have been in the closet praying, studying. God's led them to come. But we're preparing our hearts to worship. We prepare our hearts, number one, by understanding the purpose of worship. Number two, by understanding the person of worship. But number three, by understanding the prerequisites of worship. First of all, we need to have the right attitude. Verse two, serve the Lord with gladness. (laughs) Would you say our culture today is marked by gladness? I think not. I came in this morning on the interstate that was packed with people, and most, many of the drivers around me, uh, Dr. Atkins, they were anything but friendly. They weren't, they weren't marked by madness. I mean, my gladness. <laughs> they were marked by madness. Let me ask you, are you angry about something this morning? You said, say, Dr. Mush, you're getting pretty close to home here. Are you angry towards a roommate? Are you angry towards an instructor? You thinking you're not getting the fair rap in relation to your grading? Are you upset? I don't know what, what it may be. You fill in the blank. Are you serving the Lord with gladness? Oh, my. I love what Nehemiah said. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, man, Dr. Lance, here they were, this great team. I mean, they're rebuilding the wall, and, and, and they're getting ready. I, I, I mean, Ezra and Nehemiah, they're reestablishing the Jewish system of worship. I, I mean, they're getting ready to rebuild the temple and all of these exciting things. And they said, man, if there was all kinds of opposition and all kinds of things going on, they lived in a difficult day like we do. But you know what they said? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Can I tell you? It's going to be pretty hard to, for the Lord to speak to your heart if, if, if you're going to come into, into Bible conference. I dare you. Preach a message or tell an illustration that's going to speak to me. Oh, yeah. You're going to get your way. Do you know what? We need to come to Bible conference. Oh, no. Oh, do I have to go to that session? Oh, man, faculty, we need to look at that schedule and say, oh, my, I'm not just required to be here for two. Man, I'm coming to everyone. I want the Lord just to fill the cup of my soul to overflowing. Yeah, he says, 
Serve the Lord with gladness. We need to have the right attitude. He says, secondly, we need to have the right singing. Look with me. Verse number two, come before his presence with singing. You know what? I think the Holy Spirit is embarrassed sometimes for us when we get together and we just, we're so pathetic. We don't sing. Yeah. You know what? A Pensacola student, we forget. Do you know who, we, do you know who we're worshiping? We're worshiping Almighty God when we sing. You know who we're singing for? You're not singing because of the one next to you. Hey, hey, listen, I, I hear people getting Dr. Atkins here, who, who, whom we love so dearly, about his singing. You know what? I sat up here this morning. I sit up here with him on the platform in chapel. And you know what? He may not hit every note, but I'm going to tell you, Dr. Atkins sings unto the Lord. Let's do it. Yeah, we need to have the right attitude. We need to have the right singing. We need to have the right gratitude. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Oh my, when I was a pastor, I always encouraged our people. I said, hey, hey, when you leave church on Sunday, don't just jump in the car and start saying, man, did you see this? Oh man, did you hear what she said to me? Did you see? Oh mama, no, 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 no. You get, you're driving home, share the blessing of life group. Share the blessing of the word of God. Hey students, as you go into Bible conference, let's do something I challenge you. Let's be thankful, not just in our hearts, Let's be sharing it. In everything, give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We need, last of all, to have the right focus. Verse 5, for the Lord is good. Faculty, has God been good to you? Amen. Students, has God been good to you? That's a little weak. It's okay to say amen. Let me ask you again. Has God been good to you? Amen. Amen. Oh, we need to reset our focus. There's nothing to bellyache about. Our God's good. His mercy is everlasting. Truth endureth to all generations. When I was pastoring in Nashville, a family invited uh, my wife and me one Christmas to be their guests to go downtown to hear Handel's Messiah. <laughs> this guy had bought the tickets as soon as they went as they went on sale in the summertime. And I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. We went down to, to Skirmerhorn, and it was great. It has all these balconies and everything. It was just absolutely beautiful. This intimate setting, and it was packed with people. And he got his seats on the front row. Out came these soloists, and I mean, we're like, I felt like we were looking at their tonsils when they started to sing. We were so close to them. But I'll never forget this, Dr. Lance. We got to the hallelujah chorus, and I kid you not, I get so fired up. They're singing, King of kings and Lord of lords, and he shall reign. What? Forever and ever. And man, the whole crowd stands. Years ago, I read about Queen Victoria. Then in her reign, Handel's Messiah came on the scene. 
She was instructed by the royal handlers that when the hallelujah chorus is singing, everybody will stand, but you're the queen. You must remain seated. Sure enough, the performance came and they got to that spine-tingling song and they got to that point and he shall reign forever and ever, King of kings and Lord of lords. And Queen Victoria could not stay in her seat. She rose to her feet, giving attestation that there's one king. (laughs) There is one Lord. And his name is Jesus. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Students, let God prepare your heart for the content. Let him prepare your soul for the conviction. And let him prepare your will for the decision of consecration that's going to come your way this week at Bible Conference. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.